That's usually what I tell my old lady, keep it nice and tight to the chin. Ah, that's right, brother. <laughs> this is, a, with that intro from Big Gus, this is the Joe Swanson <laughs> Propaganda Podcast, 2014, Sullen Booth, Ink and Iron. What's happening, man? I'm, I'm stoked that you're sitting down with me again. Oh, I'm chilling. I just uh, went to hang out at the Spike Guys Choice Awards last night, and now I'm here, so that's what I'm doing. Beautiful, man. Yeah, you got man. a lot of shit going. You got uh, Tattoo Nightmares, right? Yes, Tattoo Nightmares is doing well. Um, we've been blessed to have great success for, with our show, and, uh, you know, just lucky to be doing what I do, and that's tattooing, so it's awesome. Yeah. You told me you quit in tattooing, man, going into fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a pro uh, pro fisherman, dude. I actually put up a post on Facebook that said I was going to quit tattooing and become a professional fisherman. I, I mean, honestly, it, it, all jokes aside, I do have a professional fishing team, you know, me and a group of us. And uh, we are sponsored, but, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to quit tattooing. <laughs> I, would, I would like to tattoo and fish more, but, you know. Yeah. That's what I do on my time off. What kind of fishing do you like? Oh, I love deep sea saltwater fishing. Uh, I'm a very hardcore tuna fisherman, so I love it. Hard to catch? They're very, very hard to catch. They're becoming um, very scarce out there in the ocean. So because of that reason, um, they're harder to catch, harder to find. Uh, I don't know what it is. Popular. I mean, I talk to a lot of older guys and. Uh, they always say how there's an abundance of fish when they used to fish. And now when we fish, we're like, where's it all at? You know, right. they say it's because of the climate and our earth and what's on so on. I think it's overfishery and the commercial thing is what I think it really is. Mm -hmm. You go out there and you're fishing for like two to three days and you see these guys out there in these commercial boats with airplanes spotting these fish. And they're schooling up like the whole fucking school all at one no time. Shit. Yeah. So I think that's what it is, you know. That's correct. What's a good tuna? When you well, how how big are those things? Uh, a good tuna, if you're fishing out of San Diego on a on an overnight or two day, is uh, 30 to 50, 60 pounds. That's a good bluefin tuna right there. That's good eating. I mean, that's the best sushi grade meat you can you can catch. Yeah, I was out in Kauai when I got married three four years ago, and we would go to this little place called the Hanalei Dolphin. If you ever go there in Hanalei in Kauai. That's where you can like play with the dolphins and shit, right? No, it's just a restaurant. It's right, oh. next, to the, it's right next to the Hanalei River. Oh. And uh, they have, on the back side of the restaurant, they have this little, de like a deli, you know, you just walk through a little screen door and they have fresh tuna and fresh oh, that's stuff. What's up. And they chop it up that right there for you, wrap it up into sushi rolls. They already have this pre-mixed, you know, soy and wasabi yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. super good, man. They yeah, I've been to Hawaii quite a few times. I, I I love the sushi out there. It comes right out of the ocean. So Yeah, that morning, and that's yeah. what it is. It's like it's bomb. Fresh as fuck. Yeah, it's bomb. It's yeah. bomb, bomb. But I mean besides fishing, I've just been tattooing. I've been traveling a lot, uh, doing tattoo tours for for Spike and and also for the shop and just getting out there, you know, yeah. taking advantage of the small amount of time that I have on on television. It doesn't last forever. So taking advantage of, of the opportunities that I have that they're here at the moment, you know, just, you know, trying to make that money, man, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting to me that the uh, the cover-up shows have gotten huge. And as a street shop guy, as somebody that's tattooing in, in a street shop with blue-collar folks coming in, there's a shit ton of fucking cover-ups. Yeah, you know what, man, is... Uh, you know, we were the first cover-up show on TV, and, and it was done with Spike. And um, I believe that because of what we did and because we did it in a way where it was shown as art and not as some dramatic TV shows done right. for the tattooing, 
um, it sparked up a whole new interest in a whole new economy in tattooing again. It's kind of like we I feel like it was a little stagnant for a moment, you know, like everyone with the realism and all that stuff. And I believe now because of what we were able to do on television, expose it to the world, more cover-ups are now more, you know, accessible. People are doing them. People are posting them. You would never see tattoo artists post cover-ups before on their shit. Yeah. And now you see a bunch of people doing that. And so it's cool. It's cool to see that um, the community has embraced it. And it definitely has boosted a major new economy in tattoos. Because right. all those people that got shitty work in the 90s or whatever, 80s, whatever it was, those people got scared away. And they didn't right. want to get tattooed no more. They were over it. They were like, fuck that. They fucked me up. And because of Tattoo Nightmares, now they go to these shops because now they're like hyped up again because they see that they can have their stuff taken off yeah without going through the pain of laser and whatnot you know? right so it, it's cool that the guys are educating people on some of the stuff that can and can't be done with cover-ups i always hate to call them cover-ups i like to call them distractions you know uh, right. a lot of times because you and, and what i think is cool like i said is is you guys are kind of teaching people that general public those people that did get those shitty tats in the right. 90s you're showing them, all right, hey, this is kind of variables that you got to work with within cover, you know, within cover-up tats. Yeah, tattoos. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man. Oh, what's up, Rich? Rich Pineda, Rich what Pineda. Up? <laughs> um, but it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely because people come in with the sometimes with the concept that they're getting a brand new tattoo. It's like, look, hold the fuck up. Yeah. All right, relax. We're not magicians. We're not fucking from the high Alps of Gandalf or fucking some shit like that. We still have to figure out how to disguise this old work into right. new work. So we're very limited to our choices on what we can cover up or whatever artists do to cover up. They're very limited to the palette they can use. But because of the new colors now, you know, I, I use Eternal Inks. You know, I'm sponsored by them. And I don't just say I use it. I actually use the fucking right. ink. You know what I mean? And because of some of the heavy pigments that they make, cover-ups are actually possible nowadays if they're old enough. If they're not old enough, it's not possible. I see a lot of people also making the mistake of covering up black with pastel colors, and that shit's just going to come right through, you know? So right. It's, it's, it takes a, a very specific science on how to really approach and really get out of cover-up the right way so that successfully, two weeks later, it's still a cover-up. Right. You know, it's not just good for my quick Instagram shot-out, you know what I mean? That thing has to look good for the next 20, 30 years as right. well, you know? And, yeah. and it's also gonna take multiple sessions as well. You know? Right, so, you, you do a seminar on cover-ups, right? Um, I've done it a couple times. I'm still kind of fresh at it. Cause I mean, my whole career, I've grown up doing black and gray, right. photorealism. And that's what all my awards and publications are for. But, you know, uh, um, I guess cover-ups for me is just a new job that I got, you know what I mean? And, I think it's because I was able to draw so well, I, I just get better at it every day, you know sure. what I mean? And obviously working on our show, I have to get better. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let my peers down. I have a lot of amazing friends that I, I look up to, so I don't want to let them down. You know, the general public, I appreciate their support, but my peers mean the world to me. So if I fail, it's not it's not good. So I have to constantly teach myself new methods on how, right. to, how to work. So I'm working under stressful conditions in, in short period of time. So. By doing so, though, it helps me become more creative. More, I, I get really scientific behind how to make things work really quick. Right. You know what I mean? So, as uh, as somebody that's in that game every day, doing that now at this point, what's the one tip you would give a guy like myself or a street shop guy that's going to get those cover-ups? One tip that you could give give that would help elevate the cover-up game. Uh, one tip would be. 
the older your tattoo is, the more coverable it's going to be. Don't go in there with a brand new name that you got last year thinking that you can get a portrait over it because it's not going to happen. Right. So, yep. And just pretty much get good tattoos so you don't have to get a fucking cover up. Yeah, right. There's plenty of amazing artists out there that I can name very quickly that could do great work. And yeah. I'm pretty sure nowadays with the tattoo phenomenon and everyone's tattooing and, you know, everyone kind of learning fairly quickly because they're so unlimited to the resources that they're able to take on. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of great tattoo artists out there, you know what I mean? So go to shops, don't be lazy, spend the money, spend the time, because not only are you going to spend money, you're also going to spend time and investment in this artist, and you guys are going to become really good friends, because any good tattoo, with I, I pretty much look at it this way, with any good tattoos become friendships, because mm -hmm. your tattoos should take just as long to build one, you know what I'm saying? Right, so. yeah, absolutely. What was the initial appeal to black and gray? Was it Gia? Geographic. I mean, you, that's where you're selling for California. For me, yeah, totally, dog. I mean, I grew up in, in L.A. with a bunch of homies and stuff and, you know, a bunch of Hispanic, big Hispanic culture. I have a background. I'm, I'm Mexican and Nicaraguan, so I'm hugely heavily influenced by Chicano art, and I grew up surrounded by homies that had tattoos. And, mm -hmm. you know, being 12, 13 years old, like, all that stuff was very appealing to me. I was doing graffiti when I was nine, and so from graffiti went to tattooing and I never looked back you know yeah. I just kind of just was born into it so to speak I mean right. my family's a generation of artists my mother was an art professor and so I was always involved in art so anything with art always intrigued me except uh -huh. tattooing was in the streets for me when I was a kid so I was raised in the streets because my parents were always working you know so that's why I think I common, indulged it so much yeah you know? common vein with graffiti totally Graffiti, same thing, man, you know. Yeah. Still doing graffiti, still tattooing, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you, does uh, does the graffiti push the tattooing, or does the tattooing push the graffiti at this point? Actually, at this point, the graffiti kind of takes a step back, and the tattooing actually makes my graffiti better. Mm -hmm. Before, it was the other way around. My graffiti made my tattooing better, but now, because I do it on a daily basis uh. and because it's my full job career that I take on, it actually makes me more defined when I go back to my graffiti day. Not days, but, you know, when I'm doing graffiti. It really gets me, like, into that heavy saturation. It's kind of like I bring that thought process into the graffiti world, which is kind of cool because it brings out a unique style of art that a lot of my friends sure. ain't used to. Right. You know, they're just seeing, like, the bombs and all that shit. And then I come in, and they're like, what the fuck is Gus doing here? <laughs> oh, fuck. Gus knows how to spray. No, and then I do this piece, and they're like, holy shit, you know, and it's heavily tattoo-influenced, and, you know, so on yeah. and so on and so on. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw. people want to find out how good Gus is with graffiti. Go check out Sullen, Sullen's YouTube channel, man. Yeah, Sullen's YouTube channel. You know, you've done a couple walls in their, in their headquarters For sure. from different places, and, For sure. you know, it, pretty amazing shit, man. Yeah, I've been, I've been with... Uh, I've been with Sullen since day one, and I've uh, been doing every single wall every time we move to a new warehouse. I do a new wall, and uh, just keep it going, you know what I mean? And yeah. you go on Sullen TV's channel, you can definitely catch quite a few of my my videos on from start to finish on that. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of cool because, like, you know, my fans know me for cover-ups, and then my tattoo fans know me for black and gray. Black and, gray. and then when they look for me on their YouTube channels, they freak out that I'm a graffiti artist as well. And then they find out I'm an oil painter, and they're just like, holy shit, man, what don't you do? Yeah. Like, well. You, you like oil painting? I love oil painting, man. It's uh, I've embraced it the last four years, and I don't want to touch any other medium ever again. You 
da Damon Conklin told me when I was out at that show in Colorado, I was in the booth. Fortunately, man, had a, had a good ch a chance to be in a booth with Damon, yeah. and great, great oil painter. And he told me what he liked about it. He goes, watercoloring, man, to me is like diffusing a time bomb, you know? And uh, <laughs> like oil painting for him was like, he's like, it's relaxing because I know that I can layer things and I can just sit here and I'm not confined by this idea that, fuck, if I do this one thing, you're you stuck. know, you're stuck. Right. It's the same with tattooing. You know, he's doing this, these very deliberate, you have to be deliberate. That's one thing. Um, very deliberate. Josh Hagen said that one of the tips Nico gave him when he was tattooing him, uh, Nico said, you have to be conscious. You have to make a conscious and deliberate decision, you know. Definitely. And Definitely. Uh, when you're doing it, it's the same way with, with certain mediums. But oil is, oil is a little different. You can... What do you, is that oils what you like is, about oils it? Oils is more forgiving. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with oils, you can leave it there. You can come back to it. You can enjoy it. You can put it away because, you you know, you, you kind of want to rest from it. So it's kind of something that you can actually abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't abuse <laughs> skin, obviously, because you'll yep. tear it up. You can't abuse a, a wall because it's going to look like shit and drip all over the place. Right. And, and you definitely can't abuse watercolors and acrylics because they dry so fast. So I think oils... You could be more, less cautious, and mm -hmm. just kind of just do whatever you want to do. You Loose. Know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can help. You know, with uh, water. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it definitely can help. You know, being able to, <clears throat> being able to be loose, flow a little bit, and just almost, like like I said, not be confined by those by those uh, those totally. hard totally. parameters. You know. So, you have a fa you have a favorite fishing spot. <laughs> Favorite fishy spot. I don't know if you can give that shit out. That's kind of secret <laughs> shit, isn't it? I won't tell you exactly where, but uh, let's just say I go out of San Diego a lot and I fish with good people. So yeah. my favorite boat, if you guys want to ever go fishing in San Diego, get on the, it's actually called the San Diego, the boat. It's uh, out of Seafork Landing. Booger's one of the best uh, best guys that'll drift on Yellowtail ever. Yeah. Sure. What's the, how long And how long you been fishing, man? Oh, my God. Fishing since I was... Listen, I wasn't ra real quick story. I wasn't raised by a father. I was raised by my mother only. My mother was a home nurse. She used to take care of this World War II veteran, and he was the one that took me fishing for the first time when I was hmm. six. And I haven't stopped ever since. Yeah, he was wow. an awesome dude. Awesome dude. Did you go ocean fishing right away? I mean, was it something that that caught, captured you early, or was totally man? I mean, I remember during summer I would sneak out of my room through the window when I was like seven and ride my bike with my friend Anthony to go catfishing. I mean, that's how <laughs> hardcore we were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we would stay there all day. I mean, I love it. I don't know what it is, man. It's just, uh, I, I go out there and I just, I forget about everything. All I care about is catching some dumb fish on the end of the line. And yeah. I forget about the whole world. No cell phones, no nothing. I'm mm -hmm. gone. You know yeah. Mean? Living in such a chaotic world nowadays where you're, you're surrounded by noise and tv and television and in endless amounts of input of garbage that go into your ears so to speak once in a while i think that fishing gives me that sense of breaking away from it you know what i mean because my mind as an artist never rests yeah it's constantly like constantly being like ideas and going crazy and so mm -hmm. i gotta turn that shit off sometimes man or i'm gonna go crazy you know yeah it helps you find balance <laughs> Totally, dude. Totally. Mm -hmm. Now you've uh, you've been into. Uh, I know we talked in Colorado. You used to martial arts and shit like that was in your life. Yeah, I've been lazy. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing. I got allergies at the moment. Sorry. But um, um, I did it for five years with my with my daughter's uncle Johnny. He's actually part of the Solo Family Tattoo Terror, and uh, I loved it. I actually went from 315 pounds to 190. Damn. And uh, I got lazy and gained 50 pounds back, but. <laughs> Hopefully, I want to go back and start going with Thomas Kenny again. You know, it's it's such a the thing that I love about doing that is um, it calms me down to where I'm not so aggressive. Like uh, it really does put you in a gentle state of mind. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of intimidating because I've been out of it for going on two two and a half years now. So it's like I know the hard work that it takes to do it. Absolutely. And I know the ass whoopings I'm gonna get when I go back. So yeah. and then plus, honestly. With all, with all honest truth, Thomas, Kenny, because I'm not lying, it's my time. Yeah. Right now, my time is very limited, so it's hard for me to get away, you know what yeah. I mean? Which is no excuse, but... Well, no, I get it, man. I, you know, we're everybody's busy. That's why I don't... It's why I'm not playing jiu-jitsu right now. <laughs> I want to. I would love to. You know, yeah. I would love to work my way up. I've done that in the past and over the years. I've, I've played around in jiu-jitsu, and I've never been able to find the time to really commit to it because yeah. I know it takes commitment you know yeah it it's, does it, it, it totally does because when I did it I was doing it five days a week yeah four hours a day right for five years straight I did that so it's it you you got to go all the way or don't do it at all it's just right. like tattooing you know what I mean yeah. you can't half-ass it you know so it's kind of cool I got a lot of great friends that do it like I said my daughter's uncle he's an amazing martial arts artist uh Tattoo Terror and Thomas Kenny, they're great friends of mine. So yeah, cool. I, I know, at least I know I could always go back to some good friends and get me back on it. You know? Absolutely. I enjoy, like, the thing that I like about it, <clears throat> working out or martial arts or those kind of things is exactly like what you said. You know, it calms calms me down. It it also works my mind and my body at the same time. Totally. You know, jiu-jitsu totally. for sure. And then the thing I liked about the kind of working out that I do now, I've been involved in CrossFit and I love that, you know, because you have Olympic lifting, which is very technical. It's very mind, you know, you have to know what you're doing. You have right, to be focused right. and concentrated. And uh, but then you have this like metabolic conditioning shit that you're totally. like fucking burpees totally. and and a, lot, and, and a lot of the MMA guys are actually doing CrossFit to get ready for their fights nowadays. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it, all any kind of exercise is great. So, yeah. So, I mean, whatever it is you do, you know, just can't be lazy. But unfortunately... You know, when, when so much of your time is consumed, it kind sure. of sucks, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's difficult. I, I find that that's the biggest thing for me is I, I'm the type also. The one Another thing I like about CrossFit is it's, it's a group, somewhat of right. a group environment, and I right. like that. I like people pushing me, and I Well, we're, I have, we're human. We're, natural, we're naturally competitive, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's, that's why it's good to be in, in, in uh, environments like that. Yeah, so absolutely, so. absolutely. What's, what's next for you, man? Um, just kind of working at shows at the moment and traveling, like I said, staying real busy. And um, I got to kind of get ready for, for if we have to start working again soon. So depending on when the schedule falls in line, we'll go back to Tattoo Nightmares at the moment. We're, we just got done filming season three. And um, so I kind of got to fit as much as I can in my normal life back into work and then get as much of it taken care of before I go back to working again at right. Spike. So. It's kind of, when I'm on the off-season, it's not really an off-season because I'm always working. Sure. And when I work for Spike, I'm, like, literally locked down for six months. Mm -hmm. That's all I do, 17 hours a day, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's just work, 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 man. You know, I've got a beautiful daughter that i got to take care of, and mm -hmm. 
and uh, so I got to work. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. You're involved in the uh, the Rockstar Energy Inked Up World Tour. Yeah, how that's was that? So how sweet. was that? So sweet. Uh, being on the Rockstar Energy Tour this year is awesome, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, the the artists that are in there. I know some of them tell me, "Oh, I look up to you, bro." I'm like, man, whatever, dude. You're fucking painting sick, you know. Yeah. But uh. I, I, I was actually really uh, happy to be a part of it. I wanted to paint something that was going to be different and, and something that people weren't used to seeing from me. So when I did my painting, I did, you know, my obvious sexy girl, you know, and I had my, my girl Gypsy Rose pose for me for that, and, and it worked out well. But what I did different was not only was it done in oils, but I also did a background that was full traditional. Yeah. And people have never, ever seen me do any kind of traditional stuff. Right. So I did it for this painting, and it, it was nice to see that people would look at it and be like, oh, my God, who's is that? You know? yeah. and, and people didn't know that it was mine. How did stuff, that develop, you know? Ju juxtaposing those two things? Uh, because I, I just, I'm the type of artist who likes to show people that I'm very well-rounded. You know, like a lot of people say, oh, all you do is cover-ups. Well, no, I do black and gray. Well, all you do is black and gray. Well, no, I do color, you know, so... Yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of sexy girl paintings lately, and I just wanted to kind of really kind of bring both worlds together. There's this big turmoil between, obviously, traditional and realism. Sure. You got the hardcore traditional guys that fucking can't stand our guts because we do photorealism. You got the photorealism guys that don't like the traditional guys. I mean, not everybody's like that, but there's a big group in the industry that's fucked up, traditional only, everything needs lines, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a big group of people that are, no, photorealism, it'll last, fuck you, you know? It's all shapes. Fuck right. it, man. So it's, it's just art, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to embrace both of those arts and put them together and show people that that they could work together in harmony, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I, I think I accomplished that with my painting. Yeah, and it's beautiful. That was pretty much my goal that I wanted to do. And I, I wanted to paint something not to win the contest. I wanted to paint something to where the owner of Rockstar saw and said, like, fuck that, I want that in my house. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I pulled it off and uh, I got lucky because yeah. there were some amazing pieces in there. Rich is, Rich is a kid who um, who's up and coming that I admire. And he's, he's got some amazing work and there's, it's just, Timmy B is in there. He's got that. I fucking love that piece, yeah. you know. And so there's, a, there's some good artists in there, man, you know. Did you have a favorite stop on the tour? I mean, it's still going on. You got, uh, what, the sixth stop coming up in Toronto, Steve Soto's stop. Right. Do, you, do you have a favorite place that you've traveled? My my favorite stop on the tour is Hawaii because it's my stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, no, but I love Hawaii. Lie. I mean, I've been all over the place, man, and Hawaii just seems to like, just capture my soul. It's very laid back. Mm -hmm. The islanders are like Mexicans. <laughs> They're <laughs> fucking awesome. You know, and uh, the food is amazing. There's great fishing. I just I love that place. I don't ever want to leave every time I go. So I've I've noticed every year when I go back to Hawaii, I stay longer and longer and longer. Yeah. So you know, never know. I might go out there and guest spot for a month or so. A lot of people Fuck want yeah. some tattoos. Fuck yeah, Gus, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for sitting welcome, down with me. Man. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure hanging out with you every time. You're welcome. And uh, such a gentleman. And yeah. I, I appreciate. Guess I might not have to cuss anybody out around here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was. That was awesome. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I'll do my little outro. Um, you could get off before or stay on. That's all good. But, uh, dude, that raised so much controversy out there. They were Did all tripped really? out. Yeah, dude, they were all tripped out. Like the one of the one of the workers came up, you know, from from the uh, 
promoters came up to me and asked, you know, hey, do you know, do you want me to talk to Gus about what, what happened? And I'm like, fuck no, dude. Like, <laughs> that, have you have you listened to my show? That shit goes off the rails most of the time, dude. Hey, and man. I love it. I, you know what? I just keep it real, bro. Yeah. I don't hold nothing back. You no, that's. I mean? Look, here's the thing. This is this is how this is how I this is how I roll these days, right? I'm gonna be as cool as I fucking can. You don't like me? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck you it. know, yeah. I, I can't. I can't do nothing about it. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to change anybody else. All I'm gonna try to do is change myself. You know, and fucking no, man. Yeah. I, I I like it. I, it's, I love everybody, man. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm, if you if you really know me, I'm, I try to be as much of a teddy bear as I can be. But yeah. once you disrespect me, I'm Hispanic, yeah. man, and you're fucking done. <laughs> so right. fuck that. You Watch fucking, out if you got a knife on you. Fucking. Yeah, I don't, careful. I don't, I don't got that. <laughs> I'm on TV. I can't do shit like that. No. Yeah, right, right. But uh, thanks for having me, man. Hey, you know no I mean? sweat, man. Anytime you hit me up. Yeah, all the yeah. time, dog. You're welcome. Yeah. You so. guys watch uh, Tattoo Nightmares on Spike TV? Yep. Tell everybody where they can find out about all your shit. Well, well, first of all, as I'm obligated to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but you could uh, totally catch the new Tattoo Nightmares on Spike TV every Tuesday at 11 o'clock starting in the fall. We got the rest of the new season coming out. And then also, if you guys want to check out my work, see what I'm up to, you can always go on Solon TV, SolonFloley.com, and also at BigGussInc. Yep. So my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook, it's all the same, at BigGussInc. Cool. And, uh, yeah, keep supporting me. I enjoy it, guys. Thank you so much. It motivates me to keep doing awesome work. Awesome. Thank you, Gus. Thank you. As uh, usual, the podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Waterloo Tattoo Workstations, Hustle Butter Deluxe. Thank you for those guys to that support my show and support me and my tattooing. You can always find my shit at OG Joe Swanson. On Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same, just like Gus's shit. And uh, you can find me at my website, too, therealjoeswanson.com. If you go over there, you can always, uh, you know, pick up a DVD, check out the podcast. I have shit ton of shows that, that uh, a lot of cool people on there. So, Propaganda podcast. Fuck That's yeah, man. Cracking. Thank you. Thanks, Gus. Appreciate Welcome. it, brother. Thank you.